You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to episode 64 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Today's episode is special, firstly, because it shares the number to go with one of the greatest video game systems of all time, the Nintendo 64. Ah. And the second reason it's special is because you're listening today, and that makes it a special podcast. So before we get into it, uh, a quick shout out to what I will what I will say is our first podcast superfan, Brother Jim, oh, who yeah. has listened to the podcast not just once, but twice, and not just listened to the podcast twice, but made a journey, nay, a pilgrimage yes. to Tupelo, Mississippi, to the church that Matt and I serve at so that he could shake our hand. And brother... We appreciate you. And um, if you are also a super fan, know that you are welcome within the doors of First Baptist Church Tupelo if you just want to come and hang out or whatever. Uh, but just to make this that. clear, he did not leave out Nathan because he said, man, it's really great to meet you all. So appreciate what you do. But I really want to meet Nathan Van Horn. So I'm pretty sure he's coming to Meridian soon. That's kind. Yes. Great yeah. guy. Great guy. Thanks for stopping by, Jim. And uh, for all of our listeners, thank you. If you didn't listen, there wouldn't be a show. Exactly right. And there also wouldn't be a show if you didn't like and subscribe to our podcast. And you know that I'm always emphasizing, you know, leaving a five-star review on iTunes or Apple podcast, but guess what? They pulled the rug out from under me. There's stars on Spotify now. So if you're listening on Spotify and you're on your phone, give us five stars there. And the greatest of all things you can do, even above a written review on Apple podcasts is to leave us uh, a comment on our website, better than fiction, biblepodcast.com. It doesn't matter what you're saying. It could be encouragement. It could be testimony of how the podcast has affected how you see the Bible. It could even be a criticism. Even that's a blessing in our eyes. So just head over to our website and leave us a word. We love getting those. And uh, Matt and Nathan know that I will, I will share that even if it's like 3 a.m. in the morning, I will screenshot my email inbox. Yes. And, s- and send it all down to you. It is very encouraging. Hey, uh, Gandalf, tell us about one other thing. The Spotify is now doing uh, a star system. Like That's right, yeah. Matt. And clearly you weren't paying attention because I already said oh, that. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> that's staying in the podcast. Or I do um, read the memos. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's really funny because I had looked down to, because I'm recording at home today, and I had just, uh, I don't know if you all heard my children in the background. I just texted my wife and said, please help me my getting them. Yeah. Quiet, so, so if, if Matt, if Matt or I do not make any sense on today's episode, it's because our attention is divided between generating content for the podcast and giving threatening looks and warnings to our kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of being divided, oh, today we're in Genesis chapter dude, 13. That was so well played. I feel bad because Nathan was originally the guy who did the, the nice segues 
And then I just kind of stole that from him. Right. But yeah. I'll, you just, I'm not giving it back. I'm just, <laughs> I'll just be straight with you. Yeah. Um, I, I was just thinking, cause you know, in the last episode I kept trying to work in reunited and it feels so good. And then now we have an episode on being divided. So, Oh yeah. Um, Very true. Well, that, Nathan, that since you did not long. get the segue, why don't you read? And part of this is because it's a full chapter. Just there it is. There it is. <laughs> so, uh, listeners, as always, we're, Reading from the ESV, and today we're going to tackle the entirety of Genesis 13. So, allegedly, allegedly, that's right. <laughs> so, Genesis 13 from the ESV reads as follows So, Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him into the Negev. Now, Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. And he journeyed on from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai to the place where he had made an, an altar at the first. And there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. And Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together, and there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. At that time the Canaanites and Perizzites were dwelling in the land. Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. This is this was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring can also be counted. Arise, walk the length and breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. All right, well, fellas, you can pack it in. I I, I already know where you're going with this. I already see it laid <laughs> oh, out in oh, detail. Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so to me, Gandalf, you are the original super fan because it's been so neat for me watching you. Like Matt and I have less and less to contribute because you've kind of like figured out all of our you know, what do you call sleight of hand tricks, like all the patterns we notice in the text. And it's gotten where you can kind of like, okay, you guys are doing this with the episode. And I'm like, why did I study this at seminary for a decade? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. What took a decade yeah. to learn in a classroom takes about six months to teach in a church setting. All right. So yeah, I see exactly where you're going because Lot seeks his own paradise in the East. Boom. That's it. Episode's over. That's oh, it. Man. You got, oh my gosh. Well, and, and I'll say there, there's a little bit more than that, but you picked, you, that's it. Again, they are an oral, oral slash oral culture. They're like, they're, their stories are written to be read aloud. And so many of the dynamics are meant to be heard, not just seen in the text. And so to your point, you know, they hear about, you know, a separation happens 
between between family members. We've seen this before, uh, whether it's separating areas or responsibilities. Um, you have an eastward movement. You have a reference to Eden. And one thing Matt and I were talking about right before we started recording, notice that Lot goes to the city and Abraham goes to the tree. <laughs> right. Mm. The Oaks of um, Mamre. Um, um, it's so... So shortest, we've obviously episode, seen this, shortest episode ever. We, we've <laughs> obviously seen this story before. Um, and, you know, we were talking about this beforehand. Uh, actually, it was before you got on uh, to Discord, Nathan, about how there essentially are only around 30 or so stories, according to movie makers and storytellers out there. That it, it's or, or Gandalf, you were explaining it. Why don't why don't you? Hash it out there for well, us. Well, we, we were basically talking about how it feels like the same story is being retread over and over again in popular culture. I mean, the example that comes to mind easily is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's essentially 31 movies, or however many there are now, that play out almost exactly the same. Right. All of them. Even, even down, this drives my friend crazy, uh, Burnt Toast, if you're listening, you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> where... The, the first episode or, or the first installment of a new character, he always fights against a guy who's exactly like him, but evil. Ah. It's like every Marvel movie does that. But what Matt and I were talking about, how it's it's not necessarily a bad thing that they're doing that. It's just just like in the Bible where they use types as shorthand for culturally relevant ideas. We do that in the modern time, too. Right. Mm -hmm. We just use these same symbols and these same archetypes. That's it. So like, you know, this is the whole uh, literary theory, structuralism and open structuralism. Structuralism appeals to these deep, uh, you know, deep structures or templates um, on which, you know, cross culturally stories are built. And open structuralism pushes that. So, you know, they don't all adhere to that strictly, but you have to have enough of a structure there to appreciate a deviation from it, right? Mm. Um, and so I, I, I do, the, I do <laughs> the exception that proves the rule. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, well, but you, you know how to make sense of. In other words, it's it, it's people. You know, if you if you're drawing the generic outline of a person, um, it looks like everyone, or you can make it look just like everyone, but it doesn't look like anyone, right? And mm. so and so people are far more alike genetically and in appearance than they are different. And yet subtle differences in our eyes and facial structures and things like that can make us look remarkably different. And that's that's kind of how stories work. Uh, all that to say this in the biblical story, I, I think it is absolutely intentional in how God is telling his story that you you see things in the story. And this is something we talk about just about every week. Uh, but you see things in the story that harken back to things you've either seen already or that you are going to see. So on the one hand, we do have some backward looking things uh, that help us make sense of, you know, the the significance of the actions that are developing. Uh, the fact that, uh, you know, in, in Genesis uh, three following when when Adam and Eve are putting are put out of the garden, they move eastward. Right. After that, after that, you see the first example of strife, and it's between brothers, Cain and Abel. Uh, and, and then, uh, as we and, were talking about beforehand from Kenneth Matthews' stuff, is that to be reminded here, Lot is the son of Haran, who is the brother of Abraham. So you've got the sibling rivalry yeah, going on. That's that's it. Uh, and you know, it's interesting. You know, I think we I can't remember. This is an episode or two ago. Uh, the way that Lot is sometimes introduced as. 
the son of Abraham's brother. <laughs> right. Uh, it, you know, um, and so it, 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 it highlights that. And it also highlights that Lot can't go to Abraham's son because Abraham, this person to whom God has given promises of a great, great nation, still doesn't have a son. And the closest thing he has to a son is now separating from him. So a couple things is that in thinking about Lot, Haran was the oldest son of Terah, or at least um, that's the way he's introduced in the genealogy if the oldest comes first. Um, ding, ding, ding. You mean there, there could be this pattern of God not always working through the older? I, I kind of relate to this a little bit at a practical level. I'm not going into this is not meant to be theological at all. Uh, but I will say when when you have multiple kids, by the time you get to your your last kids, you have a little bit more perspective on life. Like I've already held Mackenzie more than I held Judah and Jace together their first several months. And Mackenzie just turned, you know, two months old last week. Um but uh, don't play favorites. I don't, I don't I don't know how to tie that into the podcast. But I love I love all my kids. If my kids <laughs> yes. ever listen to this no, one day, I, I love it's, all it's, of you equally. You, you dude, you I, I'm, I'm the dad of six, man. You play favorites. Whoever's in your arm is your arms is your favorite. You you turn it all on for them in the moment. You want them all to feel like your favorite. Jude, Matt, you are you are a gift. Oh. <laughs> Uh, That's an inside joke. Oh my goodness! I was, uh, this this would be the part where our live our live studio audience would all go, oh, oh my goodness! Oh. Now, well, uh, sentimentality is the curse of our age. So anyway. you you know what? It's actually funny that you talk about this God favoring the youngest. It's almost like whenever this happens, they're always surprised that. God's not favoring the oldest. Like it's always a shock to them, but it seems like it's just par for the course. It's, that's so just a funny thing. Because Lot would have been the descendant of Terah, his, his grandson by his oldest son, likely Lot would have had the lion's share of Terah's inheritance. Um, also. Yeah. So back, back in the day, they, they had the law of primogeniture. So the oldest child, it, got a double portion of the inheritance. Right. But and, Abraham has been blessed because of what God did to him in Egypt, even though he was outside the land of promise. Uh, well, was, and, and and that's part of the point. By virtue of being with Abraham, Lot shares in that blessing. Yes. Uh, yes. And, now, and, now, and now they're going to separate. Interestingly, it is Abraham who recommends it uh, because he does, precisely because he doesn't want strife. But, but Lot is going to go to the thing that that most that looks like the most secure option for building on his blessing, so to speak. Right. So, yeah, one of the things, as I think, I think it was beforehand when I mentioned this when we were talking, but that Abraham has a life built on promises. I look at verse five here, and it says, "And Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks, herds, and tents." All right. That's his story. But if you back up one verse to the place where he had made an altar first, there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. Yeah. Two, two different ways of living life. Abram, Abram has completely bought in to this God of promises. And, and Lot is enjoying the prosperity with Abraham. But when it comes to a moment to stay with the God of promises or stay with the man whom God has made promises or to grasp for apparent prosperity in front of him, he chooses prosperity 
over promises. And, and I think that we're going to see that over and over. Ultimately, we know it's going to, to lead to a lot of destruction in this in Lot's life. And yeah, and, and two points to your point. Uh, so we said we have some things that point back. We also have some things that point forward, like mentioning the Canaanites and the Perizzites, the whole uh, mm-hmm. living the Exodus or the conquest while you're reading Genesis. Um, uh, to your point uh, about Abraham and the altars, you have the third reference to Abraham building an altar. It is reinf- right after God reinforces his promise to give Abraham this vast offspring and give them the land. Abraham builds an altar for the third times, and he does so as a tree. And in a passage that mentions Eden uh, or the Garden of God directly, man, it's hard not to see some tree of life imagery in that, right? Right. Um, but the other thing that's really cool for me that you mentioned People don't say really cool anymore, uh, if they ever should have. Uh, the other thing that <laughs> you I, say it, Nathan, it's cool, that's man. good enough. Go for it. Uh, this is neat to me. Um, <laughs> um, the other thing that uh, stands out to me is, you know, you mentioned Lot liking the prosperity without the promises and all that will ensue for that. Um, in separating from Abraham for a more prosperous option, you know, in the city, it will have all sorts of disaster. It is interesting, though, in the, in the biblical story where you kind of see a redemption for Lot. Lot will go on to be the father of, of two people groups, right? The right. Ammonites and the Moabites. Right. And, and the New and, Testament refers to Lot as a righteous man. Like it, yeah, but, but, but just real quick point from the Old Testament. Don't you love how like the Moabites find some redemption through, through huh. Ruth? Through Ruth, right, and and she she clings to her mother in law not for prosperity, but when they're in abject poverty, when they have absolutely nothing, right. and from the faithfulness of a Moabite descended from Lot, you get the lineage of a king, right, Amen the king the king par excellence of of Israel. Right. I think that's so neat. Anyway, that is beautiful. So I love how um, this this is this is maybe a little tangent, but I love how in the Bible it's not com- it's not just in Genesis. There's like little spoilers about what's going to happen mentioned beforehand. It's like this is before God the, the before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. It's like oh, so well, yeah. So the, spoiler alert. That's true. And now when you're talking about early spoilers, well, like, because when because when they're coming into the land, the whole again living the Exodus and the conquest while you're reading true. Genesis when they're coming into the land. Uh, where are Sodom and Gomorrah? They ain't here anymore. The, the, right. Well, the craters. Yeah. Well, but when you're talking about early spoilers, like, hey, this is going to happen later in Genesis, that's one thing. Because it's one thing for the writer of Genesis to be talking about what's going to happen in Sodom, because by the time this is written down, this has already all happened. What's more fascinating is when you're seeing the parallels and the connecting of the dots, not just in Genesis, but how they connect to what Nathan just talked about in the Davidic king in the book of Ruth, or also in the book of Samuel, and then even beyond to the New Testament. And, 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 and it, to, it does need to be said that David was also the youngest and smallest of his brothers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's very good. So I, I think, though, that sometimes the dots connect so beautifully and so tightly that it is at least for some people, open the Bible up to ridicule to say these connect so tightly, this must have been written at a later time. And it's either that's the case, or maybe this is just the way God wanted the story to take place. And there truly is, you know, an author of his. Well, and, and, you know, so there's uh, just about every pastor at some point makes this post 
where uh, you say, here's how I used to read the Bible. And it was just this, you know, this straight line arrow moving forward. And then it says, but this is how I read the Bible now. And it's got that beautiful image. It's somewhere online of all the places in the Bible that refer to other places in the Bible. You know what I'm talking about? Um, and I, I now I, I, the more I study the Bible, I look at that second graphic and I say, there's still not enough dots yeah, that, uh, there, right. there, there, there's so many connections in scripture. Hey, you know um, what, Nathan, I'm actually on Sunday nights at our, at our church. We're talking about how to, we're talk, looking at the, the Bible as a whole, like what is the Bible, how it came together. And ultimately we're going to get to, to how to read it. And, and one of the things is that I mentioned it last night is that there's not a whole lot of verses in the Bible that, that direct people to read the Bible. It's it's more than that. They, they are to meditate on the Word. Like the, the Word is, it's not just intended to be read to like, okay, yeah, I, I've got that now. Well, it yeah, is, and, and most, most of the commands about how you receive it are more of the hear slash listen, right? Yeah, uh, and then And then once you have taken it in through hearing or listening... Uh, by the way, this is why it's, you know, I, I had I met with someone in our uh, church family earlier this year, and they said, man, I'm really having a hard time getting into a Bible reading plan. And I said, man, have you tried an audio Bible? Um, right. Because like the vast majority of church history, that's how people have taken it in. Mm. Um, and, and plus they have them out there like in James Earl jo- Jones's voice and John. And I could not, I could not. <laughs> I could not expect anyone to listen to me reading the Bible. I don't have in a fact, very... In dy- fact, if, if you have Audible, there is a dramatized NIV Bible Yeah, that you can buy with one Audible token, and you can have the full Bible dramatized. It's very good. But there's... You, I mean, there's you, a... Use special offer code, uh, Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast, to get 20% <laughs> off from uh, your next right. uh, there's, there's a Johnny Cash reading. There's a James Earl Jones reading. One of my favorite audio Bibles is read by a guy named Max McLean, who's just fantastic. By the, uh, Man, I need to look up the Johnny Cash version. I wonder what he does in the Psalms. Like, does he bust out the guitar and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I thought only um, Johnny Cash only did the New Testament. Did he do the may, whole Bible? May, no, it may just be the New Testament. But, but hey, you you introduced a couple more things here, Nathan. Um, you you talked about the whole idea of of Sodom and Gomorrah. Obviously, we're going we're going to to get there later. But when you talked, we were talking about the two things. I made the point about um, promises versus prosperity. In verse 14, though, it's like God, even despite of Lot choosing the most prosperous thing, like the text doesn't say Abram was let down, but human nature, how could you not be at least a little disappointed that you didn't get no. a cut of that? Well, and and this is, you know, again, God, this is a this is a, an, another instance of right after Lot leaves. It's after Lot leaves that the Lord speaks to Abram again. And gives him more of the promise. Yeah, gives him more of the promise. And, you know, we talked about, I think it was the episode you were out, about Abraham as he journeyed through the land, kind of like walking off the boundaries. You have that reiterated here. North, south, east, west. I'm, I'm giving you this. Like, you have nothing to go on other than my promise, but yours is the better investment. And the irony is, you know, Lot took what looked better for him and Abram will have to rescue him. <laughs> right. Um, 
So, and so it's easy, man, it's easy to hate on Lot when you read Lot's story here. But man, there's a little, there's a little allotment of Lot in all of us. Because or a lot, a lot. <laughs> that's right. So there's a lot, a lot in all of us. Is that people that are just looking for, including myself? Hey, I, I would like for my life to be easier and more prosperous. I don't know that that's inherently wrong. Um, again, Abraham was very prosperous. I mean, prosperance, prosperity is not inherently wrong or evil. No, but um, but there is there is a word for Old Testament Israel in this again because part of God's point, you know, we talk about the people hearing these stories as they're coming into the land, uh, and they're going to get. Uh, vineyards they did not plant to eat from. They're going to get cities they did not build to live in. But the constant temptation of God's people will be, hey, we need this like the nations around us. And they see mm. all of the payoff, but they tend not to see any of the liability, right? And and I, so I, I don't think Rod is, Lot is wrong, especially because Lot's not uh, being coercive. He's not being forceful. Abraham says, hey, let's separate so there's no strife. And Lot... It's your prerogative. You take first choice at the land. Lot's not. Lot's responding to his uncle's gracious offer, right? Right. But mm. I, but I, but at the same time, I do think, uh, even though there's nothing inherently like morally wrong, Lot is looking what makes immediate sense, even if it doesn't consider what makes ultimate sense. Yeah, um, and I think we were talking about this before the episode to to skip forward a little bit in the New Testament. But Lot is looking at the plains where the cities are, where the prosperity of that day is. And Abraham, who is, man, by the way, talk about a secure move. Look, you go left, I'll go right. You go right, I'll go left. I mean, that is someone who is secure <laughs> that it, in who he is in God. And I think that's what the writer of Hebrews gets into. Every step you take, every move you make. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, the police. <laughs> so the the whole idea that Abram was looking for a city whose author and builder is God, that he they have t totally different trajectories. Abraham's gaze on the horizon so far outstretches Lot. Yeah, Lot, Lot, Lot is saying, look what's already been built over there. Abraham is firmly camped on, look at what God is going to build here. That's and right. I, oh, and, that's so good. And, and by the way, mm. like I think that's organic to the passage, because how does the passage end? And there he, Abraham, built an altar to the Lord. Yeah. So Indeed. good. So good. You know, that's one of the things, just as we close here, it's one of the things I love about uh, the Bible is that, like, the characters in, in the stories, they, they get to be real people. They're not, you know, their blemishes are not covered up. You know, they make mistakes. They do things. You know, we know all the stuff's Lot can do, and yet, just like Matt said, he's called a righteous man, right? I, I just, I love that element of the Bible. Yeah. But, uh, listener, it doesn't matter if you go left or right. We will always follow you as long as you're subscribed to the Better Than Fiction Bio Podcast That's by right. pressing like, thumbs up, star, whatever that looks like on your player of choice. Do that, and it helps us in two ways. It helps us by letting 
you know when we have a new episode every Tuesday morning. It also helps us because you're telling the algorithm that this is worthwhile content. So if you believe that, go ahead and do that for us. And we're going to see you back here next week with the next installment of this grand narrative. See ya. See you next time. Shalom. Shalom.